Hello, everybody. Good evening and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. We're glad that you were able to join us tonight and be a part of our midweek Bible study. Um, as we go before the Lord in prayer, we want to, uh, as, as we open tonight up with prayer, we want to just remember our Chain Breakers ministry, which started about an hour ago, and uh, they're going to join uh, later on online and, and be able to watch this as well. But uh, God is has used and is going to be using our chain breaker ministry to reach those that are struggling and so we're thankful for the opportunity to be able to serve our community in that regard so let's uh, open with prayer and pray that the lord would just be with them uh, tonight as they restart uh, this ministry jesus we love you and we praise you thank you god for your goodness and your mercy to us we thank you for this opportunity to be together Pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon those in chain breakers tonight, that you would just let the peace of God settle in, let the arms of the master embrace and strengthen. Lord, we'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, um, if you'll turn to Romans chapter 11, Romans chapter 11, I just want to read one very small verse there. Romans chapter 11, and uh, tonight I want to just deal with the subject, how do I know it's God? How do I know it's God? Uh, and what I mean by that is, how do I know it's a calling of God, or if it's a burden placed by God, or if it's just me? Is it just what I want, or is how do I recognize whether it's God or whether it's not God? And uh, this question comes up quite a bit from different people uh, at different times in our ministry. Uh, how do I know if God's calling me here, calling me there, calling me to do this or to do that? And uh, I was going over that in my spirit earlier this week, and then I, I got a message on Messenger asking that same question. So I felt like that was confirmation that this is the direction we should go for this evening. So Romans chapter 11, verse number 29, simply says, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And I want to talk a little bit tonight about the gifts and the callings of God. I believe that God has called all of us to some things, and then he calls others specifically to something Either it be a seasonal deal, a temporary kind of uh, calling or a permanent calling or something in the moment to do for him. Um, but there is uh, some things that we need to recognize. Um, I believe that there are uh, two specific things that the scripture tell us that all of us are called to do. Uh, the first one is found in 1 Thessalonians, uh, I believe it's 5.17, I may not have that exact scripture right, but it, it, it says this, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for concerning you or in Christ Jesus. And so, in everything give thanks, that's, that's the first thing that we're all called to do. And then, over and over again in scripture, the, the Bible references to the fact that we should live our lives in obedience to God trusting in him, leaning on him, doing as he says, uh, and becoming what he wants us to be. King James terminology is deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. 
and uh, that's that's for that's for everybody. That's that's not one person. That's that's a universal call to all of us to give thanks and everything and to follow Him. But there are times where God has given us a specific gift or calling, and the Bible says that they are without repentance, which simply means that when God gives it or calls, He doesn't withdraw it. And that's important to understand because sometimes we think we've blown it. Sometimes we think we've messed up, we've tripped all over ourselves, and that God will just withdraw that giftedness or that gift or that calling from us. And the Bible explicitly states that's not how God operates. He'll work with you when you fail, as long as you keep trying to follow where he's leading. And uh, so if you're here tonight and you're joining us and and you're wondering what you're doing in life and what God is trying to speak into you, I just want you to, to encourage you to continue to walk after him and begin to see what God is doing, even if you seem to fail. Because uh, as one person said, the secret to success is picking up the pieces of failure and putting them together. And uh, so there's, first of all, the, the gifts. A gift is a talent or an ability to enable one to serve Christ by the empowerment of the Spirit of God. Okay, so a gift is oftentimes you can look at a gift as a talent that God has placed in us. And sometimes he gives us a talent or an ability for a momentary um, action or statement. And yet there's also that time that he places in us a gift for a lifelong ministry. And it's up to us to practice that gift, to hone that gift, to form and mold that through following after him and letting him mold us and shape us and form us into what he's desiring us to be. The second thing is we call it a calling. And unfortunately, um, throughout at least my life, and, and I'm sure it's probably even more than that, the concept of God calling us has almost become mysterious, like it's something that's way out there that is bigger than even what we would think uh, on a normal basis. But really, a calling of God is simply an invitation from the Lord to get involved in what God is doing. That's really what a call of God is. He wants us to get involved. And then when, when we say yes to becoming involved in what he's doing, that's when he'll take the different gifts and the different situations and he'll begin to equip you for different opportunities within what he's doing because you've accepted the call to come unto him. It's like when uh, the Lord began to speak to um, Samuel uh, as a young boy. He, Samuel, Samuel, and th three different times he didn't recognize. He ran into Eli and finally he said, here am I, Lord. And then the Lord began to use him. Once we make that statement of, of acceptance of the invitation to become involved in the things of God, then he'll begin to lead and guide us in all things. A calling is also simply just a tug on our heart by God toward a particular area. Uh, I was called, I believe my calling is in pastoring and leading and forming and educating people of the things of the word of God. And uh, sometimes I've done good, sometimes I've failed, but when in, in everything that I've tried to do throughout my life when I felt that calling or that invitation to get invited or to, that invitation to get involved in this area of the kingdom of God. There's been times where God has sent situations and people to form me and frame me 
to be uh, what I am today, and and um, and and that He's got a long way to go. He still takes uh, different situations, different people that have stepped into my life, and it could even be questioning something that I've taught that they didn't understand, and maybe disagreed with what I had taught, and it caused me to go into a deeper study and ask God to give me a revelation and, and help me uh, grow deeper in Him, because none of us know it all. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how many letters come after our name because of the degrees we've stocked up. None of us know everything about God. We're still just scratching the surface on who He is, and uh, that, that excites me because the the little bit that I do know is so exciting and then to recognize that there's all this other stuff out there uh, that is going to allow us to to continue to grow in him is exciting um, but the problem that most of us have when it comes to the gifts and callings of God are we wonder how to tell if it's actually God calling and not just something that you know we want not just something that you know we desire and uh, there's some things that I, I want to address tonight to let you know that it's God. If, if it marks, if you can mark off these four or five things, um, you can be pretty certain that God is, is dealing with your heart and your spirit in a certain area. And it is him calling and inviting you to get involved in that area. There's a scripture that I quote quite often, and it's found in Psalm 37, and uh, I'll read it to you tonight. It's 37 verse 4. And, uh, well, I'm going to start, first of all, in verse 3. Uh, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord. That's verse 4. And he shall give thee desires of thine heart. Verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Then it says, rest from the Lord, or rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. I want you to notice the progression that the psalmist uses in the song that he writes. In verse 3, the, it, it starts off with the word trust. Trust God. God is trustworthy. We can lean on him. He has our, the best intentions for our life. He has the best plans for our life. We can trust him. This verse 4 goes from trust to delight. Delight thyself in the Lord. Verse 5 goes, so we trust, we delight, and then we commit that which is going on. And then the Bible says in verse 9 that he's going to bring it forth and that we can rest in him. So there's a progression there, and I believe that the principles here, while it may not specifically talk about the gifts and callings of God, there is a principle here that God is trying to get our attention. When we trust him, then and he's trustworthy, then when we begin to delight ourselves, the Bible says he gives us the desires of our heart. And, and, and I've heard that quite a bit in years past, that that means he's going to give us what we want. And it's almost become a, a meal ticket, if you will, or a, 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 something that twists God's arm to get what they want. That's not what that verse is saying. What that verse is saying is when you trust in him and then you delight in him, he will put certain desires in your heart. 
So when it comes to the gifts and callings of God, if you're trusting him and you're delighting in him and all of a sudden you have a desire to do something, that is probably not your desire that's there. That's probably his desire that he has placed in your heart in order for you. And, and this could be this could be an action. It could be a ministry. It could be a career. It could be a, a, a home purchase. It could be a move. It could be, you know, what restaurant to eat at, what church to go to. It can, it can be all kinds of things. The key to understanding when you get a call or a, or, or a gift from God is trusting in him, number one, delighting in him. And then if you're, if you're trusting and delighting, all of a sudden the desires that you have based on the principle of Psalms 37, those desires that start springing up are not going to be your desires. Now, if you're not delighting in him and you're not trusting him, those desires may be yours. But the Bible says if you'll trust him and then delight yourself in him, he'll put the desires in your heart. And then not only will he put the desires in your heart, if you'll commit those desires unto him in verse number five, if you'll commit that way unto him, he's going to bring it to pass. And then when he brings it to pass, you can rest in him that you're doing what God wants you to do. It's, it's really... We've placed the concept of a call of God way out there in the, in the stratosphere, and God is really saying, listen, it's just really relationship with me. If you trust me and delight in me, I'm going to start planting some seed in you that's going to cause you to desire to do some things, and if you'll commit that to me, I'll see that it comes to pass, okay? And when it comes to pass, you can rest in the uh, harvest of, of whatever that calling may be. You see, we, the calling of God is not simply to be a preacher or a teacher or an evangelist or a prophet. Uh, the call of God can be for a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, uh, a garbage collector, a ca carpenter, whatever it is that God places in your heart to do. Um, those are some things that God, is, if you're delighting in him and that's your desire, God's maybe probably putting you into that position to be functional and not only functional but effective in that area. Listen, we need more doctors, CPAs, lawyers that are coming from a of a from a desire of, of pleasing God and delighting in God because no matter what all the other stuff is going on, that blessing and that covering of the spirit comes with those that are called to do those kinds of things. So that's the first thing that I will share with you to how to tell if God is call if it's God calling you and it's not just your own desire your own whim your own you know the old saying i had a pizza before i went to bed last night and had some weird dreams okay it, it, this is how you tell have you been faithful in trusting him have you been delighting yourself in him and if you're delighting yourself in him he's he, he's given you some desires and have you turned those desires over to god and committed them to him and then began and the way to commit those to god is you take one step even though you don't see the whole staircase, you see, you, you see one step and you take that one step. So I, I want to go into some other things. I believe I have four different areas um, that I want to address real fairly quickly here of how to tell that it's God calling you and not your own desire, not your own um, understanding. Number one, it will never contradict Scripture. God doesn't contradict himself. He's already established. His, the Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. So if it's not 
if it, if it contradicts scripture, um, then it's not going to be of God. Okay. So if the desires that are springing forth from your heart don't line up with the word of God, um, then the problem becomes that it's not God because God's not going to contradict himself in, in dealing with people. He's going to reinforce what he's already established in the written word of God. And so uh, I'm, I'm trying to even think of kind of an example. Some, well, I do know one. Uh, we like to think that a job promotion is always a blessing from God. But sometimes job promotions are a tool of the enemy to distract us and hinder us from accomplishing what God wants. And here's what I mean by that. If you are a young father with a young family and God prom or you get a promotion from your boss, <clears throat> but that means that you're going to be spending 15 or 20 more hours a week away from your family, that promotion may not be of God. That promotion may be an ad, a tool of the adversary trying to distract you from your role as dad in the home, as your role of husband in the home, when in all actuality, God may want to just keep you in the level that you're at um, instead of promoting you in that regard. Um, or a promotion at work that takes you away, all of a sudden takes you away from church on a consistent basis. That, that I don't believe is, is of God. I believe that uh, God wants you to be gathering with the body of believers as often as possible. Um, in fact, the Bible says, the, uh, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together, but so much the more as we see the day approaching. He wants us to be connected with fellow believers because it's the body of Christ that gives us strength. And being with the church is important, and you need to be with the church that God has allowed you to uh, has called you to that that you find where you can strengthen the church and the church can strengthen you. So that's number one. It will never contradict scripture. If you read Second Corinthians ten four to six and Second Timothy three sixteen to seventeen, it lets us know that the word of God will direct our paths. Number two, uh, if God is calling you, it almost all well it always is accompanied by the peace of God. Now. The peace of God does not mean the absence of trouble, okay? Uh, I often make it this statement, that faith will oftentimes get you into as much trouble as faith will get you out of. Um, so I believe that uh, in the midst of trouble, if you're doing what God is calling you to do, there will still be that sense of calm, that sense of peace that only God can give. And you'll just, even though here on earth things are turbulent, your spirit is at ease. Um, because, quite frankly, let me state it a different way. If God is really calling you a lot of times, it's going to take you out of a comfort zone and put you in a zone where you're not as comfortable and it's not as easy, but you'll have a peace about it. Okay? Um, I, when I turned 18, I made the decision to move from here in St. Paul and, and move to Dover for school. And uh, it was a long way away from home. Uh, and, and I had some nerves about it at first. But at the same time, I knew that there was going to be an adjustment period. But at the same time, I knew that that's where God wanted me to be. So there was a, a, there was a peace about it. There was a calm about it. Um, along with a calm or a peace that God gives us in the midst of that, he also provides the tools necessary uh, for the thing that he's calling you to become. 
uh, Moses, whether he realized it or not, had been equipped in order to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He didn't recognize his, his uh, ability that God had placed in him, but God had equipped him. For 40 years, he grew up and learned the ways of the Egyptians. And then for 40 years, they, he, he learned how to be a shepherd in the wilderness, which so obviously after two sets of 40 years, God had equipped him to be the perfect person to go into the Pharaoh, knew the Egyptian rules and cultures and how to get their attention, to lead them out, and then knew that they were going to have to walk in a wilderness. And so Moses was already equipped, even though he may not have even realized God was equipping him. So when you take that first step, I mentioned it earlier, when you take that first step, even though you don't see the whole staircase, you'll find what is interesting is as you take that first step, you will find the ability to do what God is calling you to do. Now, sometimes you'll, you'll think you'll fail, and sometimes you actually probably do fail because you haven't relied on what God was uh, having you do. But when you step into it, um, God will always bring it, bring it through. God will always allow um, uh, the power of God to, to open up the right door at the right time. Um, and, and so you'll know that it's God if there's a peace about you, uh, I know some of the some of the biggest decisions that we make as families is uh, where to go to church, who to listen to, who to trust. Listen, if God is is unsettling your spirit, he'll he'll lead you to where you need to be to settle your spirit. And when your spirit becomes settled, it may not be easy. It may be a lot more difficult. Um, I thought when we first. Uh, got married. We, my wife and I got married in 1992, and we were ministering in Dover, Delaware. And when we got married, we kind of figured we'd be there for a while. Well, we were there for about 10 months, and uh, God led us to a different place than we thought we were going to be there forever. And then God took us. And in each stage of our of our ministry of our life together, whenever a transition would come, there'd be some frustration. There'd be some unsettling. In fact, a friend of ours, Pastor Suber, preaches a message, the frustration of transition. And, but when you're transitioning, if there's that calm in the spirit, you know that God's transitioning you. Number three, a calling will often be accompanied by confirmation. Uh, James 1.5, 1 Thessalonians 5.16-21. That confirmation can come either from people or from the situation that you're in. Um, don't be so quick to question or silence the nudging of the spirit of God. Um, the Bible says quench, not the spirit. That doesn't mean simply that, you know, when the spirit of God is moving, we throw a wet blanket on it. That's also the concept of that is also silencing when the Holy ghost is speaking into you. And when he's opening up the opportunity, you're hearing a some kind of a motorcycle in the background and uh when you're when you're when you're dealing with the things of god and the calling of god oftentimes um uh he'll start ministering and you just silence it you say no that doesn't do it that that's not you know whenever we have faced some kind of a transition whether it be moving from house to house uh moving here to minnesota uh, deciding when to start building our building program, et cetera, et cetera. Anything that God has used us in, there's always 
looking back, 2020 hindsight, looking back, there are always nudges of the spirit. And sometimes we listened well, and sometimes we fought against it. And God allowed the situation to get more uncomfortable in order to get our attention. And so uh, if God is, if there's a nudging of the spirit in you, don't be quick to silence it or question it. Begin to listen to it and to open your eyes to what God is doing around you because it may be a confirmation of what God is trying to do in you and through you. Um, people also, from time to time, um, will speak into your life and confirm uh, what's going on because they may not, you know, especially if they don't know your situation and something that is said or done. In other words, I guess what I'm saying is keep your ears and your eyes and your heart open because God's going to use situations, he's going to use people, he's going to use a song, he's going to use a, a preached message or a taught lesson, he's going to, he's going to use a neighbor statement uh, from next door, it, all kinds of things. If our ears and our hearts are attuned to what he's speaking, somewhere along there, if God is moving in it, he'll confirm it for you. Uh, then number four, and this I think is the biggest one, is simply this. Uh, your calling will always result in him being glorified. To God be glory. Um, it may benefit us. It may bless us. I hope that it would benefit and bless us. I know my calling has. Being the pastor of Spirit of Grace Church has been a great, great blessing to us. Uh, our family is more than grateful for the opportunity to serve the kingdom of God in this capacity. And it has been a blessing. But at the same time, if it's just about me being blessed or my family being blessed, we've missed the boat. But if God is getting the glory and he's being glorified through our calling, um, then, then it's of God. And, uh, uh, and whether that be, I can only speak because my call is to the ministry, but if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a teacher in the, in the schools, if you're a bus driver, whatever you are, if... God is getting glory by your actions and who you've become, then that's probably the call that God wants you to, to follow after and to listen to. Um, because ultimately, everything that we do in life should always point back to him. If it's drawing attention to ourselves, then it's probably not of God. If it's something that we feed off of, then it's probably not of God. Um, when you are doing, uh, let me, let me, say this in, in this way, and I hope not to confuse anybody, but if you are doing your true passion, your calling of God, by the end of the day, you should be worn out, okay? Now, I'm talking about worn out physically, not spiritually. At the end of a Sunday uh, in the Sanders household, spiritually, we are on cloud nine. We are jazzed up and excited about what God is doing, but we can't keep our eyes open. Uh, because it, it, that I always teased my dad. He always had to have a Sunday nap. I'm like, what in the world do you need? Well, now I need to have a Sunday nap. And uh, because you pour out so much. Now, again, I'm coming from the framework of the ministry, but it could be anything. If your career is what you're called to do and you're good at it and you enjoy it, you're going to put everything into it. Uh, the old saying that it, it stops becoming a job and it becomes a passion. And if, it's, if you're doing your passion, you, by the end of the day, you're going to be worn out and you're going to be tired. That's how you know that God, because God will then refresh you 
and give you rest. It, it was what was in Psalm, in verse 7 of Psalm 37, rest in the Lord. Once you're doing what you're called to do, then you can rest in him. And when you rest in him, he's going to reinvigorate you for the next uh, step along the way. Now, the key to this, all of these four things, five things that we've mentioned, is simply, and it'll unlock everything. It, I say it's simply, but it's hard sometimes to do. But it really is simply to be obedient to God. And uh, I know what some people are asking. Well, that's the whole problem. I don't know if it's coming from God or if it's coming from me. You, you won't be able to know unless you're having a relationship with Jesus. If you're in relationship with Jesus, then Psalm 37 lines out for you. You know that you're, you're trusting him. You know that you're delighting in him. That means he's going to place some things in your heart to do and become, and then you can commit that unto him and take that step by faith. And sometimes, sometimes we expect perfection the first time we do anything. And here, here's the problem with that. Um, nothing happens perfect the first time. The first time I preached, you wouldn't have wanted to hear me. Uh, not that you may not want to hear me now, I don't know. But the, you, you may not have wanted to hear me that first message that I ever preached or that first counseling session I ever gave or that first young people, young person that I sat down and tried to mentor in uh, because it probably was I learned along the way in my gifting, in my calling, I have had, I've taken the time to learn from, and, and I'm still learning, and I'll always learn different ways of doing things and operating within what God has asked me to do. Um, so if I take a step and I fall flat on my face, uh, I, I have to get back up again and say, okay, God, uh, I, I need to know that you need to confirm that this is a call. Uh, because in the in the times where you're questioning is the times where you have to operate by faith and obedience and just do what you know you're supposed to do. And, and it's like I, I, I tell some people, you know, they're struggling to live for God or or they're struggling to find their way. Um, the first thing I said, what, what are a couple of the things that you know you're supposed to do? Well, I know I'm supposed to read the word of God. Okay, are you doing that? Well, I'm supposed to pray. Are you doing that? I'm supposed to attend church and, and get into a worship with fellow believers. Are you doing that? Or have you disconnected from those things? Some of the things that, that will reinvigorate or relight uh, or revive the calling that God has put in us is doing just what we're supposed to do. Um, you know, when you're sick, there's certain things you're supposed to do. When you're struggling, there's certain things that you're supposed to do. And when you do those, God will bring you through. Now, I, I, having said all of that, there are some things, and, and I'll just be honest with you, they're excuses. They're excuses that you and I have come up with um, to avoid sometimes doing it, uh, what God has, has said. The first one, I, I want to give you five of them, and then we'll be done tonight. But the first one is, we say, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid of being uncomfortable. I'm afraid of cutting off things that I have become comfortable with. Sometimes that's relationships with others because um, I, I read a saying one time and it may have been on Facebook or something, but it simply said this, you know, God, why did you allow me to be in the storm? 
And the response from God is because your enemies don't know how to swim. Sometimes there's things that God takes us into because he knows it's going to be better for you, even though it's uncomfortable at the time. Sometimes there's relationships that are draining you spiritually and you don't even realize it. And God is trying to get that relationship broken off so that you as a family can then step into a new anointing of God and a new flourishing of the spirit, but you, you're being drained by certain things and, and certain people or certain jobs or certain areas. But sometimes it's hard to give up that job when it's well-paying, but if he's got something over here that may not make as much, but God may be wanting to use you in that area, that's uncomfortable. That's not an easy decision to make. That's us saying, I'm afraid because we have gotten it into our heads, especially in the day that we're living in now, that we've got to be planning things. And we've got to, um, you know, the, the stock market is a daily ritual to, to check, has it gone up or has it gone down? Where's the economy at? Well, a lot of that's not immediate. A lot of that is because 401ks and retirement planning is in there and all of those things because we're preparing for down the road. And, and God... Jesus said it this way, take no thought for tomorrow what you're going to eat or drink or wear. I'll supply the need that's at hand. But that's fearful at times to, to go into the unknown. Now, am I saying don't do any of the things planning for retirement and all those? That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is the mentality has to be if God's calling you out of one situation into another, we can't let the fear of the unknown, the fear of the uncomfortable inhibit us from stepping into what God has called because when you step into the uncomfortable avenues that God has called you to, eventually those avenues will become comfortable because God will meet you there and you'll recognize I'm in the hand of the Lord and I can continue to do what God wants me to do and he'll supply the need that I, that I have. You see, remember this. When we say I'm afraid to step out into something or to move somewhere or to do something or to become something or to shift what I've already been doing, it, it, when we say I'm afraid, God's response is this, I am with you even unto the end of the earth. If, if we've trusted and delighted and he's put the desire in our heart and we've committed it to him, even though we're fearful, we can trust he's right there and he's going to keep us. And even when we fall flat on our face, it's like the old uh, poem and picture of the, the, the two people walking down the beach and, and the one asks the other, well, how come there's only one uh, set of footprints? Well, my friend, that's when Jesus was carrying us. And there's those times where Jesus just has to carry us. But as long as we're uh, not letting fear inhibit us from taking a chance on God. You know, you have to look at it this way. When you step out into something that's not comfortable to you or you're asking or God is asking something to be, you, you've just gotten into a comfortable place and God is starting to stir up the nest and wanting you to step into something new, um, you have to look at it this way. You're not it's a bad analogy or it's an ugly analogy. You're not betting on yourself. You're betting on God and all the odds are on God's side. So you might as well rest in the hands of the arms in the hands and the arms of God as he takes you to different levels. Number two, uh, excuse that we often say is, well, I might get pushback. 
I might get pushback for doing that, for leaving this, doing this, speaking this, saying this, especially in the atmosphere of the society today. Well, somebody's going to push back and I'm going to pay a price. Well, can I just tell you that this is what I believe God's response to that is? And it may sound a little harsh, actually, but it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about what he wants to do. And the Bible says this, uh, they, they hated him first, and then they hate us. It, 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 if we can give him the glory by our life, it's not about our comfort. It's not about our blessings. It's not about our um, place of comfort. It's all about what does he want to have done. And I wish that I could just say that he's always going, well, I will say it. He's always going to take you through a rose garden. But it's not just roses that are in the garden. The roses have thorns on them that are going to be prickly and they're going to hurt from time to time. But it's such a beautiful garden to walk through. And in those situations, we have to understand that God's going to, the rose is about casting beauty to somebody else. The thorns are the price that we pay to get to the rose. And, and, and God is trying to be a rose to people, but he understands that there's a price to be paid to express himself as the rose of Sharon, if you will, and, and that price is the thorns. He had a crown of thorns and became the rose of Sharon, and, and, and he's asking us to take up that same mentality at times, and so I might get pushback, but it's not about me. I might have people reject me, black mommy, not stop talking to me, stop caring about me, stop doing all that kind of stuff. But it's not about me. It's about God. And if I'm doing what God wants me to do, that's got to be all right with me. As long as I can't please everybody, I can only please him. If I please him, then I'll be okay. Number three, sometimes we just think that people are the problem. Um, <laughs> what I mean by that is they don't receive you. They don't accept your gift. Uh, I'm often think about the disciples in the book of Acts when uh, Saul, who had been um, arresting Christians, had been putting them in prison, had been beating and stoning them and allowing them to die. All of a sudden he has an experience with God and then a couple chapters later he is a preacher of the gospel and the disciples in Jerusalem weren't too happy about that and came face to face between Simon Peter and the apostle Paul because uh, Paul was not being received as a preacher of the gospel or as an apostle, if you will. And he could have looked back and said, well, they're just not receiving me. It's about the people. They're just not listening. It's, I, I'm trying to do what God's wanting me to do. And they're, it's, it's all about the people. So I'm just not going to do it. Well, that's not the way to look at it. The way to look at it is God saying to you, I'm bigger than the people or the problem. I, I'll, you'll have to deal when you're living for God. If you live for God any length of time, there's going to be people that reject you. There's going to be people that turn their back on you. There's going to be people that wound you and hurt you. The reason is, is because they don't recognize in themselves the same spirit that they see in you, and that makes them uncomfortable. And so they step out in fear. They step out in rejection. It's not really about you. It's about the, the God you're serving. It's about the person you're becoming in him so don't fret, don't worry, don't get discouraged. Just understand that God's bigger than that situation and will see you through. Uh, two more here tonight. Number four, I'm not talented enough. And that's somewhat logical. Um, 
I think I would be worried, and some of you would be worried as well, if God stopped by my door tonight and knocked on my door and said, I want you to, to record an album and sing for the glory of God, because that's not me. That's not my ability or my talent. Um, now, if he did that and I knew it was God and it met all these other things, I'd have to give it a shot and you'd have to suffer. But uh, at least I'd be doing what God wanted me to do. But uh, so somewhat that concept, I'm not talented enough, is logical. But here's what I want to remind you. If God calls you, he is already or is in the middle of equipping you for what he's calling you to do. He does not call you to design, his calling is not designed to cause you to be failure. His design is to cause you to be a witness to him and he's not a failure. So if he's trusting you enough to do something and it's been confirmed in you and you've been delighting in yourself in him and you know that the desire is, is not your desire but it's from coming from him and, and all the things that we talked about earlier tonight have lined up, you can trust that God is trying to do something and whether you realize it or not, just like Moses didn't realize that God had spent 80 years equipping him to do what he was meant to do, God's been equipping you. Some of the situations in your uh, adolescent years, maybe some of you have dealt with abuse or neglect or rejection uh, and, and you want to just totally forget about it. In all of that, God may have been, well, I know that God had been equipping you to maybe step into a ministry today where you can relate to some people that are dealing with that that other people couldn't relate to. I hope that makes sense. I hope that I hope you understand that talent isn't everything. If God is doing it, it's not the talent that you need. It's his equipping that you need. God says, I'll make up for whatever you lack. In, in fact, in a couple of my Bibles, I wrote down the first time it happened in, in 1989. I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago when I was, was pointing out some things, some of the sayings that, that I've grown to live by. Um, but we had a tongues and interpretation in one of our homiletics class, and it basically said, I don't have to fear uh, for the things that I don't know. He'll make up for that. All I need to do is what he's asked me to do. And uh, trust me, I've leaned on that promise more than once through my ministry because there's things that I've stepped out that I had no idea what I was doing, um, but God just seemed fit to have me equipped at the time and coming from out of nowhere, really, outside of the spirit obviously but coming out and it wasn't my ability that figured it out it wasn't I, i'm not mechanically designed okay uh, i have watched my father-in-law for years i had watched different people uh, one of my good friends in kansas city did framing and drywall and all that I had, but I watched through a building program in Kansas City. And so when we went into our building program, I knew some of the things that needed to happen, but that wasn't me that was, that was doing, that was God had equipped me without me realizing that I was equipped to, to do this kind of an expansion that we did. And I'm thankful for it, obviously. So if it would have been left up to me, um, we probably wouldn't have the building that we have today. Um, but because God had put some things in us and equipped us in time past so that when we got to this stage or this step, uh, I wasn't fearful because God had already equipped us to do that. And then unfortunately, uh, the, the final thing that oftentimes hinders us from obeying what God is calling us to do or asking us to do is we're human and we are just plain stubborn. Um, the Bible calls some people stiff-necked people. 
We are we can we can be some of the most stubborn people in, in all of the world, and and some of us more stubborn than others even. But our own stubborn refusal to do it. Well, God, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to do it. God, I I don't want to sell my house and move into a smaller house because uh, I, I like my house. I'm attached to my house. Well. That may all be well and good, but you're, you're refusing out of stubbornness and you're missing out on what God possibly has uh, planned for you. Um, but here's what I appreciate about God when it comes to our stubbornness. Because it doesn't matter who we are. We're all stubborn to a certain extent. And some of us, some of you that are saying, well, I'm not stubborn. Well, that's just a reflection of your stubbornness. So <clears throat> we're all stubborn to a certain uh, extent, but here's what I appreciate about God is when we say that when we refuse stubbornly, God's response is, I will persevere and I will be flexible. What I mean by that is he's going to keep bugging us. Um, some of us are dealing with that nagging voice in us and we have tried to push it down and push it down and push it down and and it just keeps coming back, and it just keeps coming back, and it just keeps coming back. What is that? I'll tell you what that is. That's God's perseverance. That's God saying, I know who you are, and I know what, you would, what I want you to be and what, you want, what I want you to do. And I know you're being stubborn right now, but your stubbornness is not going to turn me away. I'm going to continue to persevere towards you. Um, the psalmist in the 23rd Psalm said it this way, surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me, shall chase after me, shall follow me all the days of my life. He's going to persevere. He, he does not give up easily. And um, there's a, a good friend of mine, and he, he may even watch this, but for years God was nagging at him, and, and after several years God still hadn't given up on him. And, and God has called him into doing some things, and and it's almost kind of a teasing conversation between he and I now because uh, God hasn't given up. God doesn't give up when we're stubborn. God doesn't give up when we turn our backs. God doesn't give up when we come up with one of these five or six excuses. God doesn't. God says, listen, I'm calling. I'm inviting you to be involved in this way, shape, and form. I, I want you to be a part of it. Would you come and join me? And as long as we're stubborn, he's just as stubborn as we are. We're made in his image. And so he'll persevere and he'll persevere. And what I mean by him being flexible, um, what I mean by that is not that he compromises, but that <clears throat> he'll speak to us at the right time. That comes, it, it seems to be flexible to us. His timing is always right, but we have to be, he's flexible to, to, a time, to, to go to our time. So because we're so stubborn, if we jump at the right time, that was the right time, but he's flexible to work with us because we're so stubborn. Not because it's the right thing to do, but just because he loves us so much and has so much mercy on us that he'll continue to bug us and he'll speak to us at just the right time when we need to hear it. And if we have our ears open and our hearts open and our eyes open sometimes, we'll see what God is doing. So tonight, having said all of that, I want to just remind you that the Bible says, whosoever will, whosoever will. We're all called, okay? We're all called to be involved in the kingdom of God. That, that's a universal call. Come and be a part of it. 
And when you begin to trust that God is calling you, and when you begin to delight yourself in the Lord, those desires that start springing up, pay attention to them. Because those aren't desires that came from you. Those are desires that God put in your heart because you've been trusting, because you've been uh, delighting in him. And then when they start coming, those desires start coming, commit them to the Lord. Act upon them. Take that first step and just see what happens. Uh, some people don't understand all of the different opportunities uh, of being a part of the kingdom of God. The, you know, we've, we've got such a narrow picture sometimes of what the ministry is. Ministry is simply influencing somebody else. And that, that ministry or that influence can happen at any point of the day, no matter where you're at. It can be in your neighborhood. It can be at work. It can be at the gym. It can be in a restaurant or a grocery store. It doesn't matter where you are. God has called us to be involved in his kingdom. And if we allow him to, he'll lead and guide us into all things. And so I challenge you tonight, recognize that the call of God is there. The gifts of God are there. They're without repentance. And, and just kind of go down the checklist and make that, that'll let you know, okay, I'm confident this is God. Let me take that step, no matter the price I have to pay, and just see how God, sometimes that first step uh, seemingly into nothing, it, your, your foot will land on solid ground and you can continue to walk in the kingdom of God. I pray that this has been a blessing to each of you tonight. And uh, let's all just become involved as we can be in the things of God, in the kingdom of God, because we're living in a day and age where people, I believe, are hungry for the things of God, whether they realize it or not. And truly, the kingdom of God is at hand. I believe we're living in the last days. I believe the trump of God could happen at any time, and we'll be called together in the air to be with the Lord forever. And that's going to be a great day. But until then, we want to fulfill what God is calling us to do. May God richly bless each and every one of you.